Hey guys, Bat Dentist again. This episode is going to talk about second year of dental school and kind of just give an idea of where my school is at and where I lived. Um, so let's go ahead and start with that. Uh, Western University of Health Sciences, or Western U, is located in Pomona, California. And Pomona is in LA County. It's um, east of LA, about 40-ish minutes, depending on traffic. Um, it's not the nicest town, and where the school is at, it is kind of the hood. It's not as bad as some other areas like San Bernardino or where USC is, um, but it's still kind of a sketchy place. Um, there are some nice parts of Pomona, but where the school's at, it's kind of in an area that has higher crime. So <laughs> it's a little scary if you're not used to that. Um, the school has really good uh, security though. And um, yeah, and they, you can have like, you know, security escorts to your car. They have a school student and faculty parking garage. They need to build more. Um, you can park on the street and security tries to monitor that around the campus where you park on the street and you have to have permits and stuff and those are expensive as well. I think I spent like, I think it's like $500 just, I don't know if it's a year, something like that for a pass, which is insane, but um, it might be more than that. Um, so where did I live? Um, so there are a couple options. They actually built, they uh, made the university, built this student housing complex, which it's pretty nice. It's pretty big. It's right on campus, like literally on campus next to um, one of the main buildings where all the colleges go to. And it has like a gym and a swing pool and parking and stuff. So, um, that is one option. It is, I think it's pretty expensive still. I mean, it's slightly, maybe slightly cheaper than out in the area, but it's still pretty expensive and you can get like a studio, one or two bed. You can have like a roommate or, you know, whatever, however you work it out with them. But they had a couple other housing apartment complexes close by where it was more catered to students. The university did not own those. Um, one of them was considered a section eight housing, which is kind of like a low income housing. So it's a community one. And there are a lot of students that choose to live there, but there are people from the community as well. And that one is fine. I went and looked at it, it's nice, but it can attract some crime in there as well. Um, just with the area it's in and then whatnot. So um, around campus, our campus was pretty well secured, um, but the area it was at, there were shootings all the time, like gang shootings and things and drug problems and prostitution and some other things. So. Um, we had, <laughs> there were a couple times where the campus got put in a lockdown because somebody at the gas station got shot or, you know, the court, I think one time this guy went into the courthouse and 
shot somebody and then was on the run and so they locked down campus and everyone had to go inside whatever building they were in and they were stuck there until it was cleared and the courthouse wasn't too far away i don't think the individual ever came on campus but it was close and it was scary um it happened i don't know probably a few times that i can remember where we got put on lockdown during four years but Overall, it's pretty safe. Um, we never really had an incident where somebody came on campus to um, do something. But if you're walking around campus from one of these housing complexes close by, um, there were some people that got jumped because they're carrying a laptop in their hands. Well, duh, you don't carry a laptop in your hands in a bad area of town. You just, no, that's stupid. Um, so they would recommend you can get a security escort or, you know, recommend going in a group of people, some of your classmates or whatever, that way you're safer in numbers, but the security definitely helped out. Um, some people's cars got broken into, but you know, they said, don't leave any valuables visible. And if you leave, you know, an iPod or, um, any kind of laptop or, even money, like change or cash in your car, people would break into your car or try to. And the smart thing is just not to have that stuff visible. You know, hide it in your glove box or trunk or whatever, right? So, yeah, that happened every now and then, but security did the best they could and kind of minimized that problem as long as you're smart about it as well. Um, so I lived in chino hills first year um my wife and i lived in a one bedroom condo and it was about four miles away and i didn't have to take any freeways and it was nice it took me about 10 minutes with all the stoplights and whatnot on the street um so and it was a nicer area it was funny because it's right at the border of the two cities pomona and chino hills it was crazy how much of a night and day difference it was from being a scary place to a nice place. Chino Hills is a pretty, really nice place, but it is expensive. And we lived over by Costco, so um, we could literally walk across the street, go to Costco, and walk back home. And, you know, Costco, and they had a gas station, and they had some restaurants and other places close by. Like There's a Lowe's right next to us. So we lived in a pretty convenient area. And um, we just wanted a bigger place. Um, and so during second year, um, we actually moved in with some my in-laws because of their work. They, they moved closer to us and we wanted to save some money. So um, we moved in with them for a little bit. And I would, I would recommend that. I mean, you know, housing in California is so expensive. You guys renting there, especially in Southern California, is insane. It's not as crazy as downtown LA, but I mean, it was a lot. And the amount they give you to live live off of with your personal funds is not a ton. I think we got like $24,000 to live off of for personal funds. And that's a joke in California. That's a joke. Um, so... Uh, first year my wife was working and second year, um, 
we moved in with my in-laws to try and save some money. And second year wasn't as hard as first year. It still was tough because we had all the different system courses. But the nice thing about second year was we were on our own. We didn't have to go with the medical students for any of the courses. And that was kind of a newer curriculum. The first few courses or classes of the school, like I told you last episode, they had all of their classes with medical students for the first two years. And you can imagine how hard that'd be. So a lot of system classes where you go to lecture, we'd have um, break out into like a group, uh, what you call it, a group problem to solve so you'd go in these study rooms and you would have to work through a case based on whatever system you're studying like respiratory or cardiovascular or whatever and you'd have to look for all the signs and symptoms and whatnot of your dental patient uh, what you would see how you manage it etc medications um, and so you'd have to answer uh, some questions that you would get for the from the professor to answer, and you'd have quiz and stuff, and um, you know we had tests. I swear it was like every week, every few days. I it was such a blur. I don't remember too much. Um, so we had those system courses. We had pediatric courses, geriatric courses. We had uh, dental pharmacology uh, courses and anesthesia courses. Um, you also had sim lab and you had the service learning where you go out in the community and you uh, do more screenings for kids and just to get your feet wet right Um, but you also um, towards the end of second year you start to become actually sorry second year you start to become more of an assistant so you go out to these uh, mobile uh, clinics that we had where we'd set up with mobile equipment and whatnot at elementary schools and other places and the upperclassmen would be providing procedures for the kids. This was our main pediatric uh, program where you go to these elementary schools, the sites where you had a clinic set up in a classroom where it's just for us and our equipment and you'd pull kids out of class or you know they'd show up with an appointment with their parents and um, you'd provide whatever treatment for them like extractions fillings stainless steel crowns pulpotomies you name it Um, and during your second year you're more of an assistant so you're assisting the upperclassmen learning the materials the procedures um, learning how to you know step-by-step process but you're assisting your upperclassmen and how to manage these pediatric patients so um, I thought that was a good experience because in actual clinic on campus you don't see as many pediatric patients you mainly see adults a lot of middle age or uh, geriatric or elderly so um, I thought it was good to have these mobile clinics because um, you know, that's how we got that experience. And if we didn't have that, you didn't get a lot of pediatric experience. Um, so we had all these different things going on. Um, part one boards we took the second half of second year and part one boards is really tough because 
you got um, all your first year courses with anatomy and everything, your second year courses with all the different systems, you got biochemistry in there and some other things as well. And so it's really broad and it's, it's tough. Uh, part one boards was not very fun. Um, cause you could be tested on pretty much anything in the DAT on the bio, like the bio, biology section and, uh, bio, biochemistry. Um, you had some crazy questions, but you know, taking anatomy with the medical students, I think it really prepared me well for that exam because um, when they had like the lumbosacral plexus or the brachial plexus questions on there from neuro and from your nerves and whatnot, um, I felt more prepared for that, but I didn't have a ton of them. So that was the other thing. There aren't a lot of those questions on there, but when they show up, and you learned it really well with the medical students, you're like, oh, I already know this, and you can figure it out. If you didn't study that very well, and you didn't go with the medical students, it's hard. But um, they would have, like, third-order questions saying, oh, um, you know, you fall with the outstretched arm or something like that, and you can't do this motion, what blood vessel is affected, or, you know, and you're like, wait, what? Because then you have to think, oh, I fell with the outstretched arm, I have winged scapula, I have, that's the long, serratus uh, anterior muscle, and you have to think, oh, what nerve and vessel is that? Okay, so then you, you have to kind of figure that out, um, but yeah, taking it with medical students, like I said, it, it helps. So um, part one boards is hard, you know, it's an eight hour test. I think it's eight hours but um what is it 400 questions i can't remember it it was pretty much all they test though and it was hard and you have to go to a prometric site which is one of those proctored exam sites and you have to have like your id and yada yada and you can't take anything in with you and they pretty much have cameras on you the whole time <laughs> while you're taking the test on the computer and it's super quiet it costs a lot like 400 something dollars to take this exam and the American Dental Association um, I think it's American Dental Association they made it a pass-fail so um, it, it used to be scored and and if you wanted to specialize in dentistry they would look at your score as a factor but now it's pass-fail so they can't really do that um, it makes it a little nicer because you know you if you pass, you pass, you're done, boom. But um, if you wanted that score to kind of give you a, a little uh, metric on how to evaluate yourself compared to other people that want to specialize, it's hard. So, um, and I heard now, I don't, I haven't heard officially, but by 2020 or next year, supposedly, they're going to combine part one and part two boards together in one exam. I don't know how that's going to go because both exams by themselves were very difficult. So, um, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. I'll talk about part two boards uh, during another episode talking about fourth year of dental school. But, yeah, I can't imagine how hard that test would be. Um, but anyways, so that's kind of third year or third year, second year 
Um, second year was pretty tough. We had a ton of exams. And during second year, my wife and I had our first kid, our first, our first boy. And it came, that moment came during a week that was super inconvenient, but there's really not a convenient time to have a kid either. Um, and we, we wanted to have, uh, a baby. So, um, the week that our son came, he came on a Sunday, which I'm really thankful for that. But we had dental anesthesia or pharmacology, um, where it was a lot of local anesthetic and just different antibiotics and things. So, um, that class for us was only a week and they hired, they'd paid a professor that had a PhD that was a dentist and PhD in, in this material as well to come from another university and spend the whole week with us and go over that pharmacology in a whole week. And the week before, um, my son was born, um, (laughs) that's when we had the class. So I told him, I said, Hey, if I ever have to ditch or leave, it's because my wife's expecting and you know, attendance is very mandatory and required and you have to make up time if you have to leave. So you can imagine stress level there. Um, so we had our final, uh, the next week, right? And we had two other finals for some other classes. And so I had like three finals the next week. Our son was born on Sunday and then I came back on, um, Monday and (laughs) I think our pharmacology, uh, final was on Tuesday. So I didn't have a lot of time to study and that was a come to Jesus moment for me. And, um, (laughs) a lot of praying happened, but (laughs) I was able to do pretty well on all three finals that week. And, um, you know, we had some other tests and my son was born, um, in the second half of second year and a month after he was born, I had part one boards. So you can imagine the stress level of having a baby in dental school during finals and your dental board. Um, but I was able to make it through (laughs) and I was glad to have my in-laws close by and be able to live with them because they were very supportive and helpful at that time, uh, especially from my wife and helping her out when I was at school studying a ton for boards and finals and stuff. I was at school so much during second year. Um, I think I didn't do much else. I was there, I swear, sometimes 12 hours or more. Um, I'd get there at seven in the morning sometimes to study a little bit before eight o'clock exams. Um, I would stay after I'd bring lunch and dinner with me to eat while I'm studying. I'd get a study room. I would stay till nine, sometimes midnight, just depended on whatever exams we had, material we're covering, classes we're taking. Um, yeah. It was crazy. Um, we had uh, oral pathology, and oral pathology class was really difficult. Um, 
and you know you, you do the best you can in your classes and if you can get A's awesome I would try and pass I think definitely passing is the goal so like I said previously our school had A, B, C, or F so um, I only had one C in dental school and I was that one class of medical students uh, from last episode but um, yeah just do the best you can and um, study studying is huge exercise definitely helps you study and retain things better um, so I'd recommend that um, I think that's pretty much it for second year guys so I'm going to keep this one a little bit shorter uh, hopefully that's helpful and give you a little info and don't be freaked out about like schools sometimes being in a bad part of town because there is security there's a reason why your tuition's higher <laughs> and um, it also gives you patience there are some I'll talk about that next episode with third year, but you get more patience that way because you're in a lower income area and your fees are a lot lower. So anyways, thanks for tuning in. Hopefully this is helpful. I'll see you next time.